Hello, and welcome to another day of organizational position rankings. Today we're going to go over the outfielders. Uh, yesterday we went over the relief pitchers. Tomorrow we will go over the first baseman. Maybe the catchers. I don't know. You're going to have to play by ear there. Uh, I really don't know what I'm doing. I'm kind of a mess. I am your host, Kyle Reese for Birds on the Black. Thank you for joining us. Uh, preface this, our top 10 outfielders, by saying you won't see Tyler O'Neill, who is no longer a rookie on this list. You also won't see Jose Adoles Garcia. We call him Jag. He's not on the list. Uh, he made a major league debut. It wasn't much of a major league debut, not because of success, but also because of time uh, spent with the big league club. But for real, I look... There's plenty still to write about Jose Adolis Garcia. There's plenty to write about Jag. But I wanted to get into detail with some other guys and maybe throw a couple other names out there that might interest uh, the, the viewer, the listener, the reader. So with that in mind, we get right into our list. Uh, you know, actually, I want to take one step back before we get right into the list. I just want to talk about the depth of the outfield in general within the organization now. Uh, we have to keep in mind... That this time last year, it seemed like the Cardinals could trade 100 outfielders and still have 50 to choose from for the major league level. They have some interesting minor league depth players, uh, some names we won't go over. Johan Miesis, you know, he's I left him off the list. He probably deserves to have a spot on the list. But there's some guys that I, especially from this year's draft, that I kind of want to talk about. So Miesis is left off. Uh, but for the most part... The high-end depth in the organization isn't really there anymore. There are some guys with extremely high ceilings, and there are some guys with some high floors. Uh, you guys know what that means. But it, it makes for a really interesting and compelling list, but maybe not a list that you would get as excited about, especially in contrast to one year ago. Uh, with that in mind, we'll get into prospect number one, 23-year-old Randy Arozarena. Now, Randy's coming off of a really bad 2018 season relative to what we thought he was going to be at the end of 2017. The thing that I ask that you keep in mind about Randy Arozarena is he's played baseball now for two straight years. And believe it or not, there's a lot of fatigue there. He might have only had like maybe a total of three months off from competitive baseball, not training for baseball, but competitive baseball in the last two to two and a half years. Uh, I don't know the exact reason for that. Somebody said that it was because he makes such little money that the only way to supplement his income and raise a child uh, is is by playing in the Mexican Winter League. I could very well see that being the case because uh, as we're learning, minor league players don't make anything at all. Randy got a nice little bonus too, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if the only way that he can raise a child uh, is by playing baseball year-round. You know, uh, a lot of these guys have kind of limited ability other than baseball. Uh, but getting away from that, uh, I would like to see Randy get a little break, play in the Mexican League for a little bit, get a little break outside of that. We'll see what happens. Uh, he's playing now. I was hoping he would get a break. He took a break for about a month, and now he's back into it. Uh, so here's the deal with Randy, right? He struggled at AAA. Uh, he was really, really good at AA. He's too good for AA. His talent's too good for that. Uh, he has a really above-average arm, and then the rest of his tools are average. He's a five-average tool player. He's an average fielder. Uh, with with above average speed and an above average arm and an average hit tool with surprising power that hasn't manifested yet. Uh, it's I, I do believe there's 15 home run power in there. Uh, but I mean, ideally at his peak, you know, he's he's Gerardo Parra. I, I've always made that comparison. You know, you're talking about a bench player, fourth outfielder who can be a third outfielder who hits 275 with a 340 on base percentage and some interesting slug. He's a doubles hitter. His his swing is smooth and short. He struggles with breaking pitches on the outside, uh, but he doesn't strike out with the proficiency of someone like Tyler O'Neill, uh, and he can push the ball to the opposite field. 
Uh, but he's those breaking pitches are going to get him more times than not. Uh, you guys know I love Randy Arozarena. He gets me excited. His nickname is Arousal Reina. Uh, and other than that, like expect him with a little bit of rest to make a major league debut in some capacity in 2019. Uh, I would imagine that he's going to be a trade chip for the St. Louis Cardinals moving forward as well. Uh, prospect number two on our list is outfielder, center fielder, corner outfielder, Lane Thomas. As I take a drink, sorry about that. Uh, Lane Thomas is 23 years old, too, as well. Uh, and he was acquired for international signing bonus money from the Toronto Blue Jays last year. And when he entered the Cardinals organization, he got hurt and didn't really have much of a, uh, a showcase for the St. Louis Cardinals upon entering the organization. Now, the gentleman trained extremely hard in the offseason, had a healthy 2018 season, and by the end of 2018, he might be the breakout prospect in the Cardinals organization, not named Alaris Montero. Uh, here's what I'll say about Lane Thomas. He is a full effort kind of player. His pop came out of nowhere. I, uh, when I watched him before entering the system, when the Cardinals traded for him, he didn't look like there would ever be a chance for him to hit a home run. So for him to hit 20 or more home runs, uh, this past year is impressive, even in the Texas league, even in the PCL. He can play center, but he's better suited for right or left field. His arm is average to above average in right field. Uh, but he's a full effort athlete. Now, what I say often about Lane Thomas is sometimes there's two versions of Lane Thomas. There's a confident version that you would be real comfortable with hitting at the top of your lineup. And then there's another version that slumps. Uh, and when he slumps, he slumps bad. And he takes little half swings. And he lets balls kind of beat him. Or if a ball's hitting a gap, he'll let a corner outfielder get it. Uh, those are my areas of concern with, with Mr. Lane Thomas. Uh, I think he's really talented. Uh, but I think because he's missed time because of injury, while also in Toronto's system, uh, playing every position imaginable, I think that he he's still acclimating to his own game and his own level of confidence. Uh, I think in the short term, he was just added to the 40-man roster. I would think if the Cardinals need someone to play center field, that that would be the direction they would go in if Harrison Bader falters. Uh, I would think that that would happen before Jose Adoles Garcia, but only time will tell. I like Lane Thomas a lot. You know, he uh, you'll want to see the gif. He made the catch of the minor league season uh, going over the wall uh, in a game to catch a ball in right field. I, he, look, he had an interesting Arizona Fall League, too. Uh, he didn't hit for average, and his power kind of dried up a little bit, but he was getting on base. He, what he went sent to the Arizona Fall League to work on was pitch recognition to get on base. He did the same thing that Oscar Mercado did the year prior, and it's nice to see that that paid off because I think he had like a 370 or a 380 on-base percentage in limited action in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, those are gains. Those are the gains we're looking for. Prospect number three on our list is 20-year-old Dylan Carlson. Now, if there's a prospect who's due for a breakout season in 2019, it's Dylan Carlson. Uh, here's the deal. Dylan's a switch hitter who probably could use a little bit of work on the left-hand side, probably a little bit of work on the right-hand side. But as a 20-year-old who's made his way through the system as quickly as he's made his way through the system, I mean, he'll be in Palm Beach. Uh, he finished a year in Palm Beach, started in Peoria. He'll be at trip or at AA at some point during the 2019 season. Uh, he's a good right fielder, average uh, foot speed, uh, average... Uh, maybe even a little above average for a minor leaguer uh, 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 range. And he has a really, really above average arm. So he's a, probably a right fielder. Uh, first base is a fallback. I'd like for him to stay right field for now. Uh, but here's the deal. is For him to already be knocking on the door of AA at the age of 20, while the Cardinals have been aggressively promoted, promoting him, 
as his walk rate stays the same and his strikeout rate drops from year to year uh, with promotions, there's signs there for a breakout. He's a big boy, a big body that could still stand to put on just a little bit of weight. Uh, and if he doesn't, he doesn't. That's okay. But the thing is, he has a repeatable swing from both sides of the plate with good plate coverage and pop on both sides. Now, the pop hasn't necessarily manifested itself at the same time. Uh, two years ago, I believe, he was better from the left hand, left side. Last year was for the right, uh, power-wise. It'll come. But the fact that he's held his own while getting better in the field uh, and understanding counts and his own uh, abilities – there, everything points to a breakout for Dylan Carlson. And, and, you know, he's the kind of prospect that a lot of teams would go after uh, and the Cardinals would trade and everyone wouldn't think much about. And then when he would blow up for another organization, you'd be like, oh, how did that happen? Well, it happened because this 20-year-old uh, owned it. He owned it. Uh, fourth on our list, and four and five are kind of interchangeable here. Uh, four on our list, uh, my personal preference here. And I want to say real fast before we get to that, number six on our list should probably go right here, but one step at a time, is a 22-year-old former Clemson outfielder, Chase Pender. Now, Chase Pender has a brother named Chad Pender, and here's the deal with Chase. Look, he is, uh, he, he's got a nice little choppy little short little right-handed swing. It's smooth. He never overextends. He gets good plate coverage with it. He has great plate uh, pitch recognition. He walks a lot. Uh, he doesn't hit for a lot of power. That's why four and five here are interchangeable. Everything I'm going to say about Pinder is also going to apply to number five on our list, Scott Hurst. Uh, they both can take the ball to the opposite field. Uh, they both play an okay center field, although Pinder's a better center fielder. Uh, Pinder has a better arm than Hurst does, at least what I saw last year. Uh, where Hurst, I think, has Pinder is I think Hurst has more of a natural hit tool. Uh, with the ability to like make contact on nearly everything. And I think Hurst has more power in the long run, but both of them, them need to develop their power. So right now we're, we're combining four and five. I'm just going to address them at the same time. Uh, Hurst hits from the left side. That's pretty valuable to the St. Louis Cardinals moving forward. Right now, because neither of them hit with enough power, they both profile as fourth outfield types that can play center and play a corner. Now, uh, I will say Pinder got off to a terrible start in April for Palm Beach. Now, Palm Beach is an aggressive promotion for a player entering his first year professional ball, and it's also a pitching-friendly environment. So for him to struggle, it wasn't completely unexpected. Uh, he was hurt the beginning of May, came back towards the end of May, and from his, his return to action at the end of May until he was promoted and even through his promotion at Springfield, he hit really well. Uh, above 320, I think, on base percentage of 390. Uh, didn't hit for a lot of slug. Again, that's the issue with him. But he really came along. Now, the issue with Scott Hurst is that Scott Hurst, our number five prospect, uh, outfield prospect, really struggled to stay on the field in 2018, as I almost say 2019 because I'm a rube, uh, in 2018. Just various little injuries, uh, you know, picked at him a little bit. It, they kind of got the better of him. Uh, they'd take him sometimes, and he'd be out for seven games, and then 10 games, and then 15 games. Uh, he didn't play enough to really get a feel. But the Cardinals promoted him from Peoria to Palm Beach at one point, and he was inserted into the front of the Palm Beach lineup, and he was a major spark plug for that lineup. Uh, so the deal with Pinder and Hurst, they could really go in any order, whether it be four or five. Uh, and they're both fourth outfield types that if they can just bud a little bit of power could become more than fourth outfield types that both look like they could stay in center, at least on a short term basis for now. 
Our number six prospect is John Torres. John Torres, again, he could be the number four prospect. He probably should. Uh, but John Torres is one of the two outfielders outfielders that the Cardinals acquired from the Cleveland Indians for Oscar Mercado. Now, uh, where Mercado was a pretty disciplined hitter who built his career on speed, uh, you know, on going first to third and doubles and a little bit of power, modest power, but uh, capitalizing on the speed he had in center field, John Torres is a corner outfield outfielder that profiles like a corner outfielder. It's sheer power for John Torres. Uh, everything is going to be about power. Now, where he's probably going to end up getting into trouble is, eh, let, let me rephrase this, where he might get in trouble is if he doesn't continue to make progress with the big leg kick that he has uh, as his timing mechanism at the plate. The big righty uh, really gets his leg up there, and he brings it into his body and brings it towards his back leg, and it's part of the reason why he created so much power this past year. But the issue is that uh, if he doesn't clean that up as he gets further and further up the ladder, uh, the pitchers are going to take advantage of that. Now, it's encouraging because in the little uh, uh, U23 tournament, he had already started to like shorten that big leg kick. He didn't take it all out. He shortened it. And uh, you'll see the gif in the article. He absolutely crushes a home run. And his swing kind of looks a little bit like A-Rod's. Again, to say a swing looks like is not to say that the player is going to be. Uh, but there were a lot of similarities in the swing there. And that gets me excited. Look, here's the deal. Torres was in the Gulf Coast League. He's only 18 years old. He's a long ways away. He was too physically gifted for that league. Uh, I think there's a chance the Cardinals get aggressive and promote him to Peoria to start the 2019 season. And if that's the case, uh, I would expect uh, I'll be taking a couple trips to Peoria early on in the year to see what happens. Uh, he's Look, he's extremely talented. And uh, if he continues on the route that he's on right now, the Cardinals might have their heir apparent from the right-handed side for what they always hoped Oscar Tavares would be. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you straightforward. I like John Torres more than I've ever, I ever liked Oscar Tavares. For those of you who have been following me for a long time, you know that I was never really the highest on Oscar Tavares from the get-go. Uh, you know, God rest his soul, RIP, all that stuff. Uh, but, man, I see John Torres, and I think that guy is just as talented as Oscar Tavares was at that same age. The difference is, you know, there was always questions as to if Oscar Tavares could play center. I think John Torres, I think it's pretty well obvious that he's going to be a corner outfielder. Of course, the Cardinals and any organization that has him will keep him in a corner, uh, will keep him in center for as long as they can. Uh, but it's something worth keeping an eye on. John Torres is going to be a name to watch. Number seven on our list is Brandon Riley. Now, Brandon Riley was a 14th round pick from the 2018 draft, hits left-handed uh, from University of North Carolina. He's a Tar Heel now. Uh, here's the thing about Brandon Riley and why he finds his way on the list. He's a lefty who makes really good contact against lefties. He's just like Hurst and just like Pinder in that he doesn't have a lot of power. Uh, and that he they both, all three of those guys have really good plate discipline uh, and good strike zone awareness and good uh, like plate coverage. I think it's probably the best way to explain it. Like They can get to the pitches on the outside corner. What I like about Riley is it seems like even nasty lefties don't strike him out. Uh, it seems like he can just poke the ball. Now, when you get to these next levels, uh, when you get to the minor leagues, sure, you might be able to poke the ball, but you're not going to ever get base hits because the amount of contact and the, the hard-hitness of contact will, will diminish. Uh, but that he can do it is an impressive first step. Uh, other than that, you know, he's probably not a center fielder. He does have second base fallback. He played a little second base at UNC. That's something worth keeping an eye on. Uh, other than that, like he profiles 
average to below average uh, in the outfield from what I've seen. Again, as we're talking about a player who's making his minor league debut after being drafted, there's a lot of growth that's going to happen. So don't be surprised if these tools change in some capacity. But right now, he appears to be minor league average at a lot of stuff. Uh, I like uh, – with all these guys, I feel like I say the same stuff over and over again. Yes, I like Brandon Riley a lot. Uh, he goes ahead of the next two people because just like with Hurst and Pinder, they have an advanced understanding of and pitch recognition, uh, advanced understanding of the strike zone and pitch recognition. And that's like the first step to becoming a really, really good player and uh, hitter and, and some interesting pop that could manifest in the long run. Number eight on our list is Justin Williams. Now, Justin Williams is the outfielder. Uh, that the Cardinals acquired as part of the deal that sent Tommy Pham to the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, I'm just going to come out and say it. Justin Williams is on this list uh, because he, his proximity to the major leagues. I'm not a fan of Justin Williams. I was when they drafted him. I remember seeing video of him a couple years back and thinking, well, this guy might have something. Uh, but that video uh, that I saw a couple years back has been rendered moot because he's changed his mechanics and his mechanics are nasty now. Uh, the what I say in the article and what I'll say continuously is he is like the bad version of Jason Hayward at the plate. He hits from his heels. He swings from his heels. Uh, he has a leg kick where where Hayward never had, and that could uh, that could equal power. But you would always see Hayward's hips flying wide open, and that would cause his hands. You know that would leave his hands vulnerable, his his upper body vulnerable. And when you're swinging on your heels and your hips are flying open, then all you're doing is swinging with your hands. And that's what happens with Justin Williams sometimes. Uh, he also has a really flat swing that needs to have a little bit of work done to it. Uh, he has some pull power on pitches on the outside half, and that's all because of getting his hands extended. That's interesting. Uh, he's an interesting right fielder, I would say below average from what I've seen, but sometimes he gets to balls on the gap a lot better than you would think for a big boy. His arm is, sometimes it's above average, for the most part it's average. Uh, he's really inconsistent, and that's not just with this small sample in the Cardinals organization, uh, it's with what I saw when I went back and watched his time in the Tampa organization. Uh, he's on the 40-man, I would be surprised if he makes it all the way through the winter on the 40-man. Uh, hopefully, for the Cardinals' sake, they can get an upgrade. Lane Thomas is an upgrade. He was just added to the 40-man. Uh, the options on the 40-man ahead of him are better. Uh, that being said, with just a little swing swing tweaking, with a little stance tweaking, uh, getting him closed at the plate instead of opening him up, and working on stopping those hips from flying open, I think we might have something here uh, as like an interesting fourth outfield option, uh, fourth outfielder option. He, man, that swing, it needs... it can't be as flat as it is. Otherwise, he's only ever going to slug the baseball uh, on pitches high in the zone. And otherwise, he he's kind of just pedestrian. He might make a, a cardinal debut because he, he played and he made a major league debut in Tampa's organization for one game. But other than that, he's pretty underwhelming. Uh, you know, pretty underwhelming. I hope, I wish him the best. The Cardinals would very well, benefit very well from having him uh, reach his peak. Uh, number nine on our list is a gentleman named Justin Turner. His last name is spelled T-O-E-R-N-E-R. -E -E and Turner is a uh, Turner. Turner is a 28th round pick from the 2018 draft. And the deal with him is a couple years back, the Cardinals had a hitting prospect and outfielder named Michael O'Neill. And all Michael O'Neill did was hit and take good at bats, but he was a terrible fielder and uh, couldn't play center. And he would have played an out. He would have had to have played a corner without any power and a pedestrian arm. Now, uh, the bat profiles, Turner's bat profiles a lot like Mr. Michael 
O'Neal's. Uh, good. Takes a great at bat. Doesn't strike out too much. Not enough power there uh, if he can't stick at center. As far as his ability to stick in center, only time will tell. Look, I, I had mixed thoughts about it when I watched it. And he, you know, he made it through three levels in the minors last year. Uh, playing at a full season club by the time it was all said and done. That's impressive. The Cardinals believe in that hit tool. Uh, but, you know, he has kind of a David Eckstein swing to kind of give you, like, the idea of where his power lands and what his swing looks like. You'll look at the gif. Uh, but uh, beyond that, like, I don't – without power and without a continued uh, – like, without being continuously committed to his craft in center field and needing to have an above-average arm – uh, I would say that what Justin Turner is, is he's what everyone hoped Jonathan Machado would be. Uh, but Jonathan Machado isn't because Jonathan Machado isn't good. Still young. Jonathan Machado still has plenty of time. Uh, so does Turner. But uh, without – here's the deal. is he, He's a good minor league hitter uh, to sum it all up. He's a good minor league hitter who probably isn't going to strike out a lot, probably is going to get on base quite a bit. Uh, the question becomes can he stick in center? And if he can't stick in center, then he's probably a career minor leaguer. Uh, I could argue that he and Riley should be flipped uh, with Justin Williams kicking down. So Turner could be seven. Riley could be eight. Williams could be nine. Uh, but I, I could also say Williams might not be on the list. But uh, because of that, like, it's a very interchangeable part there. Uh, keep an eye on Justin Turner. He's going to hit at every level. It's just a matter of how everything else works for him. Number 10 on our list is outfielder Kevin Woodall. Uh, Kevin Woodall is uh, a 10th round pick out of Coastal Carolina. Now, here's the deal with Woodall, plain and simple. He's a masher, uh, typical masher. So you're talking about a guy who's going to strike out 25% of the time. His walk rate will probably be small. Uh, right now, it was acceptable. But, I mean, you're talking about a 5% walk rate, 6% uh, if everything's going well. Six foot four. Uh, maybe six foot six. He's a monster, and he takes a huge swing, and he has real, true, raw power. Of all the right-handed hitters in the organization, that will probably start the year uh, at a full-season club. I bet his has the most raw power. Uh, he has the most raw power. The issue is he's not going to stick in the outfield. He's too big, uh, too too bulky for that. He's not bulky. He's really he's actually super athletic and he's super quick. Uh, but he's more suited for first base. Uh, I like Woodall a lot because of his power. It's just a matter. His pitch recognition uh, at the minor league level is subpar. It takes him a while to settle in at a level. And uh, I just don't know exactly where his his walk to strikeout rate is going to be. And if he isn't walking enough and he's striking out too much with modest power, uh, it's just not going to work. Again, just drafted. Could be very interesting. And I love that raw power. You know, the Cardinals had a deficiency with almost pro-ready uh, uh, power, uh, but he it's, it's definitely increased with Nolan Gorman and, you know, some other players. He will definitely add to that. It's just a matter of if it can manifest. Uh, I like Kevin Woodall. He's one of my favorite draft picks. That doesn't mean I have, from the, the past draft, that doesn't mean like I have the highest expectations. I'm just most anxious to see what he can do. I hope he starts the year at Peoria. I hope the Cardinals are aggressive with him and challenge him. Uh, as we get into our next man up, there's a couple people worth bringing up. Now, uh, uh, Jorlin De Los Santos is a name that's getting thrown around a lot right now because he dominated the Dominican Summer League to uh, a pace that is worth taking note of. But he was old and too talented for the league. And he's not Malcolm Nunez. Uh, he's not nearly as good as Malcolm Nunez is. And he doesn't play a premium position like Nunez does. Nunez will be on our top 
uh, five third baseman. Uh, but I kept I kept uh, Jerlin, pardon me, off of the list because he just we get too excited about what guys do that haven't made it stateside yet, and we would be doing that with him. He's just to me. The power is there, which is good. That means it'll probably continue. But he's old like Brian Sanchez was, younger than what Brian Sanchez was. Uh, so I don't invest much into his stats. And I'll be honest, like when I watch him swing, I have concerns about his mechanics. Uh, I'll probably regret not putting him on the list. I think he could find his way onto the list in no time. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. Let him get stateside. We'll see what it looks like. Uh, I pass on Victor Garcia and Terry Fuller. Both of those guys had injury-compromised 2018 seasons. Uh, Victor Garcia was really good when healthy. The power kind of evaporated, but it'll come. Still super young. Same thing with Terry Fuller. Terry Fuller played a game early on and then was hurt with a shoulder issue. Uh, and then finally came about it later on uh, at the end of the year. Played a little bit, not enough. He appears to be healthy and ready to go for the 2019 season. I'm excited to see what both of those guys do, probably at the Johnson City level. Uh, there were a couple other guys that we skipped over. Uh, but our next man up, you know, I don't know who the next man up is. Uh, Gifts, you're going to have to cut this if you can because I don't remember who the next man up is. Hold on. I'm going to take this beast with me. Uh, or you can keep it going. It goes to show you how stupid I am. I've just got too much going on, you guys. Uh, uh, oh, ha, 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 ha. Our next man up is the other player that the Cardinals acquired. Oh, God, I'm so stupid. Uh, the next man up is the other player the Cardinals acquired. Uh, for Oscar Mercado from the Cleveland Indians. Uh, and that, actually, you know what, you might as well leave this so that people know how stupid I am, uh, uh, is Connor Capel. Now, Connor Capel's, Capel is 21 years old. Uh, last year, he showed power, a little patience, modest patience, not enough patience, and speed in Cleveland's organization. Uh, but he got a promotion, and it seems like all those mechanics changed. Uh, they got worse, as a matter of fact. Uh at the plate, the left-handed swinging capable, and you can see that he has, like, raw power. You can see that his swing, if it would just have a little bit of work done to it, it would be good. But he huddles over home plate, and he kind of keeps his legs back close. It's almost like like the, the picture of Stan Musial, uh, or the, the statue of Stan Musial, uh, except for he's a little bit more, like, upper body crouched over the plate. But he keeps his legs close like that. And when he swings, he kind of swings like Skip Schumacher. If Skip Schumacher opened his hips too early... And uh, overextended his swing. He's got that two-handed Chase Utley swing, that two-handed Skip Schumacher swing. Uh, but here's the deal with Capel. As 21 years old, entering his age 22 year, he has plenty of time to get it back on track, to be the hitter that he was two years ago, uh, in 2017, rather. Uh, and we're just going to have to wait and see how it is. Now, for him as an outfielder, I'll be honest, I have no feel for Connor Capel as an outfielder. It seems everything I read is average, blah, 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 average, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. To me, he seems like a Bryce Denton kind of outfielder, but not as good as Bryce Denton. Uh, I reserve judgment on that. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but here's the thing. With Capel and Torres for Oscar Mercado, it was a really good trade for the Cardinals to increase depth and get a couple high potential high-ceiling outfielders out of Oscar Mercado. Uh I would think that the Cardinals work with Capel. His swing gets paved out. His stance gets paved out. But right now, watching him swing is painful. I hate his swing as currently constructed, uh, and it really needs a lot of work. I think with enough work, uh, you could have a player who who does reach that past level that he exhibited in 2017. Uh, that's all I have for the outfielders, right? Uh, if you have any questions or comments, please hit me up at Twitter at KYLER416. Uh, you can find me on Yahoo! Uh, Email me at kyler416 at yahoo.com. 
Uh, tomorrow, come back and we'll give you the catchers. Catchers, catchers and third base of all the positions that are in outfield are the two deepest. I'm anxious to talk about the catchers. Uh, you're going to like a lot of these guys, and you've already heard of a couple of these guys. Uh, so, for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, I am Kyle Reese. If you watch us, you are part of the resistance. Uh, thank you for being here. Feel free to check out uh, the starting pitchers and the relief pitchers. And uh, as always, happy hunting. See you tomorrow.